What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Cast, episode 635. My name is Paul Garcia and I'm your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today I'll be joined by Project Spurs founder Michael DeLeon. In this episode, Mike and I will review the Spurs' last three games and how the team is doing through four games of the early season. Let's jump right into this episode with Mike. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's one of those rare times of year where it seems like all my uh, sports are going on at the same time, so it's been pretty fun uh, month so far, I guess. Yeah, you, you see my tweets, so like I, I'm good right now because I'm only down to two sports that I even watch or even know anything about. That's basketball and soccer <laughs> at this <Yep>. point. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the. I I, I feel bad because I know I know UTSA the college team here is really good, yeah. and that's actually my alma mater. But I have I've literally not paid attention to any of it except for I know they're undefeated or something like that. <laughs> All right, so let's go to get started here, uh, Mike, into this first, this first Spurs cast episode. I mean, in this episode. Um, so let's begin with our first topic and, and discuss, you know, how the Spurs have done since I last recorded a week ago. Uh, I believe it was Colin Reed was my guest last week. So um, the Spurs have lost their last three games, um, but they were close losses. And, and in a way, it's almost a very optimistic view because of how they lost these games and how close they've been. So let's first go back to Friday. The Spurs fall to the Denver Nuggets 102-96 uh, in Denver on the road. Uh, Denver was favored by seven. The Spurs did fall, fall behind by 11 points in this game. However, with in the final minute, they had it down to a two-possession game. Uh, Keldon Johnson was the leading scorer with 27 points. Derek White had 16 points. DeJounte Murray, 15 points. And Jakob Pertl, 15 points. Then the next night, the Spurs had to fly back to San Antonio to host the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions. Uh, Milwaukee gets the win here, 121-111 by 10. Uh, Milwaukee was favored by 7 in this one. The Spurs again fell into a hole where they fell behind by 13. But they had it down to a two-possession game with 424 left in this game. Uh, you know, After that 424 mark, though, Milwaukee ended up kind of just pushing that lead a little bit further, and they won by 10 points. Uh, Doug McDermott was the leading scorer on this night with 25 points. Keldon Johnson had another 20-point night. Lonnie Walker the fourth came off the bench with 17 points and then Derek White had 14 points and then just the most recent game was this really exciting game uh, it was Tuesday in San Antonio 
The Spurs lost in overtime to the Los Angeles Lakers uh, here in town. Uh, the Spurs were favored by two after it was announced that LeBron James would be out of the game. So there was no LeBron James. So the Spurs were barely favored. Uh, this is an interesting game. The Spurs actually built a 12-point lead, but then they, they couldn't hold it. Uh, DeJounte Murray had a chance to win the game in regulation with with an 18-foot mid-range jumper. The shot did not go in, so then the game goes to overtime. In overtime, uh, with time kind of getting getting close here, Devin Vassell, the Spurs drew up a play for him. Coach Pop drew up a play for a three-pointer for Devin. He it, he missed that shot. Had it gone in, they would have put the Spurs up by one with some time left, and you know who knows what would happen, but it, it went out, and then from there, the Lakers kind of held on there for the victory. It was an interesting game because of the, the atmosphere. Uh, there was a bunch of Lakers fans here in San Antonio. I mean, the, the, the arena was really loud. It was tough for the Spurs players down the stretch in crunch time shooting free throws because they were basically getting booed and, and getting a lot of distractions to try to make those free throws. Uh, Jakob Perto had a very good game. Um, 27 points, 26 of those points in the paint. Lonnie Walker the fourth comes off the bench with 21 points. Uh, DeJounte Murray had a triple-double, 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 15 assists. And then Devin Vassell had a strong game as well, 19 points off the bench. So I know that's a lot of information, Mike. Um, what are some of your thoughts on some of these past few games? I mean, I think I guess the most encouraging thing is that they've been in every game. Like, sure, and like they're coming in, losing the last three games, and really the only win has been that blowout and opening night. But they've been in there, and they've been in position to win. It just seems like things haven't bounced away at the end. And that's just, I, I, honestly, some games with the personnel you have, they're going to go through that. But, but some at some point... I think that these are going to be some winnable games. They're going to find a way to win in these late game situations, and it's just going to take that. I mean, last night it was free throw shooting that really put them in trouble, mm-hmm. and um, so it's, it's things like that. But it's going to be that kind of a season where you know. But I think the encouraging thing is you're not seeing like blowout uh, losses. Like you're not mm-hmm. seeing them getting yep. like totally blown out by the Bucks or the Lakers, even though like Russ had like a crazy game last night without. Without LeBron, it seems like somehow he played better. Yeah, he did. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and you're not seeing them like totally get blown out. So, there's, I think, a lot to take away from all of these games. Yeah, and so, um, you know, just just two thoughts there, kind of what you said, is that the fact that, like, you know, they're right there in all these games. These were all, you know, uh, you know, especially that Lakers, you know, that was a very winnable game for them. Um, and, you know, they are 1-3 when you see their record to start the season, but uh, I think in, in one good way, um, you know, uh, the entire league's really not doing very strong right now. There's not a lot of teams really, um, you know, standing out. The only two teams out west that are undefeated so far, as you and I record this on a, um, on a Wednesday evening, are the Warriors and the Jazz. Everybody else has lost at least one game. And I think the big test for the Spurs, because they're showing that they can compete with even the top teams is going to be how do they handle those teams that are kind of in their in their range you know the the indianas the um well i was going to say charlotte but charlotte's actually playing well you know the sacramentos the new orleans those kind of teams the kind of teams that are kind of level with the spurs san antonio now should be able to beat a lot of those teams so i'm going to be very interested once they get out of playing all these like you know top playoff level teams what they look like against a team that's kind of more so at, at their range and so i think that if san antonio can win those games against those teams then they have a good chance of of um you know c- coming away with the, with a pretty good record here definitely past their Vegas odds so again it's only four games but right now this is very encouraging despite the one and three record that the Spurs are um, you know competing against some of these top teams all right, so um, our second topic, Mike. Let's look at some of the some just kind of what the data is saying right now. And again, it is a very early sample size, so we don't want to um, you know put too too much emphasis in, in these numbers. But I just kind of want to go through um, kind of the top ten things that the Spurs have been doing on each end of the floor, and then the bottom ten where they really have some concerns. And Mike, I'm going to ask you as I go through this, like if you kind of trust that you know by season's end they're going to not not be exactly in this at this at this place, but kind of be in that range. So let's first begin with the offense. Um, they are 11th right now in offense, um, scoring um, one 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 point zero eight points per possession. 
Um, let's let's look at the areas where, where their strengths right now on offense and where they're top ten. Uh, fast break scoring, they're they are fifth um, right now amongst in the league. Turnover percentage, they're ninth. Uh, assist percentage, you know, uh, you know how, how much of their their assist are they are converting other field goal to make field goal makes? They're sixth. Um, assists, they're first in the league at twenty nine point five. Um, in terms of attempts at the restricted area, they're they're eighth. Floater attempts, they're third. And then floater accuracy, they are second, so they're they're shooting very well on those those you know those floater type of shots called the non restricted area. In the paint points, they're second. Mid range attempts, they're fourth, and then the wide open three point percentage, they are ninth. So I know I threw a lot of numbers, Mike. There at the, the top ten, which of those do you do you trust, or which of the, which of those don't you trust? That do you think that that's going to eventually fall off when things start to regress? I mean, I think assists are really high right now, and I think they'll still have a high uh, assist percentage. Okay, but I, I don't know if it's going to stay that high. Um, okay, a lot of those other ones, like restricted area. I mean, that's a lot. I think that has a lot to do with the personnel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Keldon's going to be scoring inside Dejounte. A lot of times scoring inside. I mean, Jakob, as much as he's been scoring, that's going to come inside. So I'm not. I'm not going to be too surprised to see that in the paint points as well as the um, the uh, floater. Um, you know, hopefully that you'll start to see that. I mean, I think if you see around uh, where they're at with a three point percentage, I think that's obviously a good thing. And you know, if you start getting more from Bryn and you start seeing. Um, McDermott knocked those down a little bit more than that. That number may fluctuate a little bit, but I think it'll pretty much stay around around average. Okay, I, I kind of agree with you as well. You know, um, uh, a lot of these numbers, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they'll stay top ten in these areas, but I think they're going to be very close to where, where they're at. The ones that I'm a little concerned about that I think are going to fall off eventually are the floater accuracy number. Um, I think they're going to continue to take those floater type of attempts, those non-restricted shots, but their accuracy is very high. It's right now at 53.8% as I look at it, and that's second best in the league, and that's a very hard shot to keep You know, over 50%. No team's actually able to do that. It's just an, it's almost like an impossible thing to do. Um, and then I will, I, I do want to see, I think they're going to be one of the top teams of getting into the paint because, like you said, based on personnel, but I do want to see by like the second month of the season, by the time like December gets here, you know, how are defenses scouting them? If they're still having a little bit of trouble from three, some of their, their, their non-shooters, then I wonder how defenses are guarding if they're packing the paint more like we saw last season or, or how they're how they're guarding them but aside from that i think a lot of these numbers will kind of stay uh where, where they are um you know in, in that kind of range uh, as the season progresses now let's look at some bottom some concerning things on on, on offense and maybe and you, you tell me again if you trust this data or if you think that, that you know they'll, they'll improve in some of these areas free throw rate they are officially now um dead last in the league they're, they're, they're last in terms of um their free throw their free throw rate amongst all teams uh three-point attempts are still even though that yes they've increased them on a on a team level amongst the league though they're still 25th right now in three-point attempts and then three-point percentage they are 21st right now uh what, what are your thoughts on the, on those three stats i mean i would say with free throw rate i mean i think you hope that comes up but it's just having seen some of the games that we've seen especially yesterday that that i mean it mm-hmm. seems like there was a stretch of a few minutes where they just could not knock down a single free throw and that, that tanked that number a little bit so um i think at some point you hope that that will come up a little bit um, I, I would say that, you know, one, one concerning thing regarding that free throw is aside from Keldon, like you look at the stats, like nobody's really getting to the line, you know, at least at least more than once per game. It's, Keldon's the only player with 5.3 attempts. And then I think that something that's been brought up is that the fact that they don't have like an all-star or like that, you know, that go-to player now, I don't know if they're going to get as much um, respect from the refs. I don't think, you know, there's going to be a lot yeah, of times where I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I just think that, you know, these young players, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're going to get the calls that other other stars would have got or even a player like DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge would have got. 
those players had more stature in the league and i feel like yes they got the, they got their calls uh you know you know on their drives whereas some of these young spurs players Dejounte, kelton you know devin vassell lonnie i don't know if they're going to get as, as many calls and so i think that is going to be a very concerning stat uh i i am interested to see where the three-point percentage ends up because you know they've had like two bad shooting nights from three already to start this year but they've also had two good ones so so i do want to see if, if their accuracy can improve and then the, the attempts again i i just um you know i i just feel like that's kind of going to kind of be where they're at even though yes they added some yeah. three-point shooters i think that just it's still a very low volume team amongst the, amongst their peers in the league so again you know that's kind of where the spurs are on offense spurs cast listeners initially through these first four games let's go to defense now uh what what where they're at um Currently, they're fifteenth um, in, in the league. So, league average defense right now, um, allowing one point zero six points per possession. Uh, where are they top ten uh, right now? Opponent free throw rate. So, they're ninth right now, and that's something they did last year very well. Opponent fast break points. They're doing a great job of getting back on the on the break, and not letting teams score on them in the fast break. Uh, op- opponent tur- turnover percentage. This is something new for the Spurs. They're being very aggressive, and Coach Pop is letting them kind of gamble a little bit more for steals, for deflections, and this is something where they normally weren't like this type of a defense, but because they have a lot of long um. At- athletic wings who, who they who they play in lineups they're able to, to be a little bit more aggressive uh steals their fits so again we see that aggressive defense points off turnovers they're really they're really taking advantage of teams turning the ball over and getting out on the break and, and you know scoring well uh opponent mid-range attempts they're, they're forcing teams to take a lot um, you know they're pr- a pretty good chunk of their shots from the mid-range i think that's a lot of it is the lakers data uh and then opponent three-point attempts uh they're third right now in the league so, so they're really limiting uh, three-point attempts and then opponent three-point percentage they're guarding the three well ninth but again i think that's a lot of data from the lakers and, and the magic there NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays combine multiple bets from the same game for for a bigger payout the more legs you add the more money you can win DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use promo code TBPN bet just five dollars on any NBA team to win their game and win two hundred dollars in free bets if they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, so, Mike, out of those areas on the top ten on defense, what do you think is going to kind of stay, and what do you think is going to kind of eventually, um, you know, move move a little bit worse? You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the turnover percentage stay. I mean, they they've mm-hmm. been like forcing a lot of turnovers. I know in that, um, I think it's the Bucks game, they forced twenty against the Magic. They forced sixteen. Um, so you can see that that was a priority. Uh, must have been in training camp, like defense and. I think that's also part uh, also of having uh, younger, more athletic guys out there, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, jumping out, going after loose balls and things like that. So, uh, as far as what won't, 
I, I guess there is. I mean, that, that one, honestly, it's, it's, it's sort of, I haven't really noticed any yeah. major patterns there yet. Okay. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. And so some of that, you know, I, I do trust their free throw. Right? I think they're going to be okay enough putting the, the opponents on the free throw line just because that's kind of what Pop wants in his defensive philosophy. Um, fast break points as well. I think that they're going to be a good transition team uh, as long as they, they stay focused there. Um, you know, like you said, you know, with this aggressive new approach on defense, I think that they can be top, top and, uh, toward the top of the league in turnover percentage for the opponent, steals, points off turnovers. Um, I am I am interested to see if the mid-range attempts area can, can kind of stay there, uh, forcing mid-range attempts from opponents because, you know, teams do like to attack them and then the three-point percentage again i want to see more teams that they face before i can you know make a determination there if they're going to you know, really be one of the, the top 10 and not allow, allowing threes uh in terms of bottom 10 where are they having their issues on defense right now um teams are getting to, to, to the pain a lot um you know they're 26 and allowing attempts at the at the in the restricted area the closest area to the basket they are um they're they're 24th and not letting teams take those floater shots so teams really aren't having to, to get you know take those like you know th- those bad shots which are those floater shots um and accuracy when teams do take those floater shots the spurs are 26 they're not they're not teams are making those shots pretty well and then points in the paint the spurs are 29 teams are scoring a lot of points in the paint against them uh what, what are your thoughts on, on those areas yeah i mean this just to me it's kind of like a trend that started last year i noticed and then i noticed it yeah. a lot mm-hmm. especially on um defense on russ um last night because i would see where they made the decision to either go under the screen and try to prevent his uh penetration or go over, you know, and just it, would, it just seems like they made those decisions kind of late, and they were m- more often than not, like like in that case with the uh, streaky shooter like Westbrook, I prefer they give him the space to shoot instead of letting yep. him drive because he was driving, and a lot of times if he'd get past the primary de- defender, then he'd have like somebody trying to turn his body and like, uh, you know, defend at the rim, and that was, that was just too much of a challenge for somebody as fast as him. I agree with that. And that was, and this is something that Doug McDermott kind of brought up earlier before in the preseason, actually. Like, you know, the fact that they are going to play small, so they're going to be more, you know, they're going to be, the rim's going to be open a little bit more for defenses when they can penetrate and get, and get through, through the, through the initial set of their defense. And like you just said there, Westbrook was a perfect example of, um, I, I was getting, you know, some tweets, you know, mentions of people were like, cause when he had five fouls, it was like, uh oh, he's, he might fall out. And, and in my opinion, the Spurs needed him to foul out because he wasn't doing the normal rust stuff. Yes, he was taking some wild jumpers here and there, but a lot of his points did come in the paint over. I think he had 22 points in the paint and that's when Russ is most dangerous when he's able to get to the rim and get his closest shots because he's a, he's a really good finisher so so yeah I think that that's something to watch and because they play a little bit smaller um you know it's going to really be on them to um you know communicate a little bit better in the rotations but I think that's a that's an area that might stay all, all year is you know the scoring in the paint area for them all right, so now let's just look at a few of the core players here that have started off the season. So let's first fo- uh, focus on some offense for some of these players. Um, uh, Keldon Johnson, you know, right now he's leading the team with 18 points per game. He's Like I mentioned earlier, he's getting to the free throw line the most, 5.3 attempts. Um, he's shooting well, like really well on his floaters and mid-range. Uh, he is 0 of 10 from 3. And then he's also, like I mentioned, the team leader in getting to the free throw line. But, but you know, I, I am a little concerned that eventually the, those floater shots that he's making, those mid-range shots, are going to come down. And then, you know, you know, uh, you know, we'll see. We see where his scoring comes from. Um, Jakob Pertl is second on the team in scoring with 16 points per game. He's grabbing 6.3 offensive boards, so he's really he's really doing a great job on the offensive glass. He's also facilitating well, 3.5 assists per game. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, he had 26 points in the paint alone against the Lakers. Uh, some things that I've noticed, you know, facilitating more from either the elbow or even from the post. And the Spurs are actually giving him more opportunity to go into the post, especially if he has a mismatch. He, he, he had a few shots there go against the Lakers where he kind of had a smaller defender on him and he backed him down and kind of just scored there really easily. Uh, DeJounte Murray, 
um, is scoring 15 points per game, third on the team uh, in, in points, um, nine assists per game. So he's now the team leader in assists with DeMar DeRozan gone. Um, he is struggling right now, DeJounte, with this shot in, in both inside and outside. Uh, he is the team leader in drives and setting up teammates. Lonnie Walker the fourth, um, 15 points per game there as well with DeJounte. A 3.3 assist. Um, he's shooting well from three, 38% from the three-point line. Uh, he's also driving more. He's putting the ball on the floor. And, he, and he's actually shooting and creating pretty well for his teammates uh, You know when he drives the ball very, very close to the Derek White levels when you see a look at the data. Uh, Derek White is uh, uh, averaging 13.3 points per game. Uh, he's second on the team with six and a half assists, uh, you know, being that secondary pa- uh, pl- playmaker next to DeJounte. Uh, he is also struggling with the shot from, from um, both areas inside and out. And he's also, and he, but he's very balanced when he drives the ball. And then uh, Devin Vassell, 12 points per game off the bench, two assists. Uh, he's shooting well from three, 45%. And then Doug McDermott starting 11.5 points per game, 45% from three. So, yeah, I don't know if you don't have to talk about all these players, but who, who in, in your opinion, on offense has kind of stuck out to you? Um, a few different players. Because the, the one question I think before the season we had was, like, who's going to step up into that role? And obviously, it's not going to be one person. It seems like the one thing in the state of all tells you is that it's it's kind of by association it's going to be a group that does it and on any given night it can be Keldon mm-hmm. it can even be Vassell that's another thing um I really like what Murray and, and uh uh Jakob are doing together it seems like when they get going I mean uh DeJounte's vision has been really good and and uh Jakob's been able to finish a lot um but Lonnie's the one that so far has seemed, I mean, he had one game where he was left, but he seems to have been the most consistent now over, mm-hmm. like, the, the first four games. And so I think that's kind of one thing that a lot of people want to see, especially after, you know, they couldn't get that extension done, is he kind of bet on himself. Uh, but, uh, and then also uh, McDermott, I think, obviously he's had some some uh, struggles a little bit with the shot, but when, when it's uh, falling, it looks really good. And I think what a lot of people don't know about him is that He's not like your typical, uh, like spot up three point shooter. I mean, he moves around a lot mm-hmm. on offense and that's how he gets yep. a lot of points and he was, he can drive and he can get to the basket and things like that. So that's been kind of fun to see so far early this season. Yeah, I know for sure. And, you know, with, with Lonnie, like you said, you know, he's kind of betting on himself. And that's kind of what me and Colin talked about last week. You know, this is his season now to, to, um, you know, is he going to get that, that, that kind of like that mid level exception, which is all that a team can offer? Most, most teams can offer him because a lot of teams want to have cap space or will he outplay that and actually, you know, command more? And then, and then a team with cap space will have to actually, like, you know, you know, give him a really good offer or maybe the Spurs will have to match. So, so yeah, Lonnie's definitely off to a good start. And one thing also that's really interesting, again, when you just look at the numbers, when you look at his drives, I mean, his, his, his balance. And, and shooting, either taking a shot, getting to the free throw line, or creating for for teammates, is actually very similar to Derek White. So you know he's kind of showing a lot more playmaking than he has in the past, um, early on in, in the season. Um, and then now let's just look at a few players on defense. Um, again, I'm gonna look at just some individual stats, and you can just tell me your kind of your thoughts on, on a few of these players. Uh, Keldon uh, is, is averaging one steal a game. Jakob Pertl, four point five defensive rebounds, one steal, and one point three blocks. Um, you know contested shots also stick out for Pertl amongst his teammates. Dejounte Murray, nine defensive rebounds, continuing to, to kind of command the glass there and, and, and take over there. Uh, 2.3 steals. Um, he stands out on the team in deflections, steals, defensive rebounds. Lonnie, 3.5 defensive rebounds. He's standing out in deflections and defensive rebounds. So that's a new one for Lonnie. It's kind of, he, 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 last season he didn't stand out so much in the deflections, but he's being a little bit more active on defense as well. Derek White, two steals, one block. Um, 
Uh, I think he's also the, the team leader in charges as well. Uh, steals are sticking out, defensive field goal percentage, contested shots and blocks. So, so Derek's one of those players on defense where a lot of the, the, the you know, you may not see it on, on the box score, but he really has has an impact in a lot of different areas on, on defense. And then lastly, um, Vassell, 1.8 steals. Um, of course, you know, he's doing really good with deflection still. And, and then, yeah, like I mentioned. So any of those players, are their defense numbers stick out to you? I mean, this is, a, I think, a season where we're starting to see some growth a little bit. Obviously, Vassell's one where you're going to see, and we've seen that so far, but uh, the biggest one to me is is uh, Fertile. I mean, he just seems like he's playing at a different level so far this year, and I think you notice mm-hmm. it because as soon as he heads to the bench, there's a huge drop-off. And, like, you best come in and get, like, um, you know, clean up a little bit around the, the basket and, and uh you know, catch pass and dunk and things like that. But what he's able to do in the offense is is different. And then on defense, he's not quite the same player. I mean, we saw one uh, shot where Anthony Davis went up, and Anthony Davis seems to be like he looks strong as ever and got blocked by by Jakob. So uh, I'm I'm really starting to see a lot more improved defense out of him. So that's one that's really stood out, I think, to me. And I think especially when you're ha- when you have a smaller lineup. You really need that one guy to 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 be in there and to be that rim protector, and he's done a, a good job of that. Yeah, I think Jakob's versatility has really shown on defense. I mean, because you look at his matchups in, in this last three games, he guarded Nikola Jokic. He guarded Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then he guarded Anthony Davis. And so the the fact that he actually did a pretty good job against Giannis, though, when you look at some of the numbers there, um, uh, you know, um, you know, no one's going to stop Giannis. Obviously, you know, he's a former MVP. But but when you look at one of the things that Cleaning the Glass sends out through their their push alerts on email, is they actually show you know which player the night before had, had a really bad game compared to their averages, and and, and Giannis actually had a, a pretty bad game against the Spurs, even though yes, he put up the stats. And, and again, that was a lot of Jakob there who who had that one on one matchup. Pop was purposely subbing in Jakob to match Giannis's minutes. So again, he's shown a lot more versatility. I agree with you on defense and on offense as well, like we talked about earlier. The fact that he's averaging 16 points per game and he pretty much only shoots inside. So so that's, you know, he's he's a really efficient player right now on, on both ends and what Jakob is doing for this team. Okay, and then lastly, uh, just some notes and updates with the roster. Um, the Spurs have have officially assigned Josh Primo, uh, Joe Wieskamp, and Devontae Kaycock to the um, Austin training camp. Uh, the Austin Spurs, they are, they're training in San Antonio, but but they've all, all three of those players have been assigned to Aust- with the Austin team. And then uh, Doug McDermott did sustain an injury, so the first injury uh, for the team right now. Um, he kind of he got hurt in that game against um, the Lakers, in, in, I think it was like in the third quarter. And so the Spurs, um, you know, rolled him out for the rest of the game. And then on, out, he's going to be out on Thursday against the Mavs with what with, with they're calling um, right knee inflammation. Did you have any thoughts there, Mike, with um, those notes and updates? Just keep an eye on, on Austin because they're putting together a, a, what looks to be a pretty talented roster now that Primo and his camp are there. Uh, they've also got uh, Damian Dotson, who was playing really well for the next few years ago. Uh, and then also, uh, obviously, with McDermott out, I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of scratching their heads for wondering why uh, Kira Bates' step was playing so much. That was That's what was why, because McDermott was out, and so he'll probably see more minutes, and I felt like he kind of earned those minutes um, in last night's game, and he seemed to be up there, and he's able to do a lot more than a lot of the other players that you can uh, sub in. I think he can actually knock down, you know, some outside shots, and uh, he's on defense, seems to be a lot more present and, and able to make a difference. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's why they, you know, he was always part of it was a Doug McDermott injury, but then also I think, yeah, just his defensive versatility as well. He's able to switch onto bigs, onto Anthony Davis, onto different players. And then, uh, like you said, you know, he's, he's there to spot up in the corner if you need him as an offensive threat. And it was interesting that Pop didn't go to Keldon Johnson down the stretch there in, in the fourth quarter and also overtime. He kind of kept Keldon, uh, on the bench. And then, and then Brent Forbes is, is rotation spot has kind of looked a little interesting. Pop's yeah. kind of, you know, um, he's kind of only played him in the second quarters of all, pretty much all these games. And then even against the Lakers, he really didn't see much action after that second quarter so um you know that'll be something to watch because i know that you know with, with primo going to austin right now um you know a lot of fans want primo to get those minutes that, that Bryn has but again we'll kind of see if, if Bryn continues you know it's only four games right now but if Bryn continues to kind of fall out of the rotation you know who knows what happens who, who ends up getting uh, some of those minutes um so don't forget to visit productspurs.com spurscast listeners um you know steven anderson is continuing to, to provide his analysis he's got a new series called going for three after each of the spurs's games uh you know those are his those are his new way of analyzing a game uh mike you wrote your, your recent piece after that bucks game it was called key takeaways from the spurs lost to the bucks first three games where you kind of looked at some, some of the some of the um, takeaways from, from the spurs uh, initial three games uh ben bornstein is getting ready for the draft later on later on um uh, at, the, at the end of the season it's called um it's his latest piece called sleep now in the draft three players to know for 2022 and then also um i, f- I finally provided the, or, or released the um, spurs player database so that's over on project spurs and again it's got some some cool um analysis i use the nba.com some um, data there and i kind of mix some some different unique stats that that aren't on on on, on, on some you know kind of just some unique stats like what percentage of spurs threes were wide open how are the spurs shooting on pull-up threes what percentage of their threes are, are pull-up threes those kind of stats uh and then also like offensive and defensive matchups so you can find a lot of those unique stats there on our project spurs um spurs player database Okay, so thanks again to Mike for joining me here on the Spurs cast and for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.